Welcome back to our fourth episode, our final episode in this mini-series on the Sacrament of Holy Orders. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, open our minds and help us to understand the mysteries of our good and holy faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us once again in this fourth and last episode. I hope to uh, finish this episode with not much more than just a, a short time, but I wanted to, in a sense, kind of bookend. In the same way that I began, more or less, speaking about the glories of the priesthood, I also want to end, more or less, with speaking about the glories of the priesthood, especially with a little bit of a commercial, perhaps, uh, of trying to convince parents to help their children to discern this way of life rather than to assume and to only aid them in the assumption that all normal people get married. I get it. That is a part of our society, but that doesn't mean that it is a good part of our society. Every parent to fulfill their obligation to their children should help their children discern the way of life that God has for them. In our last episode, we spoke about the importance of celibacy. We spoke about the various reasons why celibacy uh, is an ecclesial discipline and something very helpful to the priests in general. In this episode, as I said, I want to speak more about the glories of the priesthood. One, I want to reiterate again, is there much greater thing that we can think about in this life than to be able to confect the Most Holy Eucharist, to bring the body and the blood of our Lord to the people? It was not abnormal for people to ask me, because I had a desire to be a priest from a very early age, about the third grade, it was not abnormal for people to ask me, why? Why do I want to be a priest? Why would I want to get married? Why, excuse me, why would I not want to get married? Why would I not want to have a family and have children and have a picket fence and two cars and all of this kind of stuff that America tells us is great? Or why would I not try to seek after more money or go run for office and get more power? Why would I not want to put the mind that I have to work for the sake of society? Well, I would like to think that perhaps I do as a priest uh, in, a, in, a, in a way of sanctifying society. But at the same time, a lot of people couldn't understand it, not because they didn't understand the desire to help, but to understand the desire to help in this particular way as a priest. And that was the distinction, was people thought that my desire for priesthood, especially because I had it so early, they just assumed that it was more or less because I wanted to be a person that helped others. And so their thought was, well, go be a doctor, go be a nurse. Go be a student, I mean, a, a teacher that teaches students, that has students to, to form their minds. Go be a police officer. Go be a judge or a lawyer that's able to help people and get them out of injustice and, and all kinds of other difficulties that they have. But that wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't just simply that I wanted to help somebody. It was that I wanted to bring Christ to somebody. I wanted to help them in a particular way. I wanted to offer them the mercy of our Lord, the mercy that pours out of his heart. I wanted to be the voice between God and man in the giving of absolution in the sacrament of confession. I wanted to be the one that brought to the people the body and the blood of our Lord and fed the flock of Christ. There's a massive difference there. 
That's not just wanting to help people. That's wanting to help people in a very particular way. And I didn't ask for that desire. And in fact, at times, I perhaps maybe even asked not to have it because it was something that consistently stayed with me to some degree or another throughout most of my childhood and into my teen years and even beyond. And therefore, uh, responding to that was a long journey and a process, but it's one that I am incredibly grateful for. I love my priesthood. I love being a priest. And it is not in any way to suggest that I'm a good priest or that I couldn't be a better priest or anything of the sort. It's just simply to say that I, with, with a very small and imperfect understanding, have some, at least, understanding of the glory of this holy life. I have some understanding and a weak faith in what we have in the sacraments and realizing how profound and glorious those are. It helps me to better appreciate and love my priesthood, even when they're rather, it's a rather difficult journey because of various reasons or problems that I have with people or problems in the churches or divisions and discord or my own internal anxieties or, or, or issues or all kinds of different things. My own vices that, that make me fail in so many ways to be a good priest to other people and the people that are in need. As I want to be, I often, often fail in that. But why I bring all of this up is that we should love our priesthood and people should love their priests, even though they're imperfect and broken humans because of the life that they're trying to live, because of what they want to do, and because of what, as a result of the sacrament of holy orders, they can do in transubstantiating or consecrating the bread and the wine into the body in Christ, in giving mercy and baptizing and confirming and anointing of the sick. That is, at the moment of somebody's death or shortly beforehand, the priest comes in and he comes in so that he can scatter all of the evils, the ranks, the armies, the legions of demonic that are there present, trying to steal the soul in one last ditch, forceful effort to steal the soul from the hands of God or to keep the soul from conversion if they already have it because it's in the state of grace. And then the priest comes in to scatter that, to lead the person if they're able to, trying to convince them, go to confession, make a good confession, trying to help them to do so, holding their hand if necessary because their pain, their pains or their sufferings are so, so rough or they don't have anybody there to, to suffer with them or to go through these sufferings um, or to accompany them in these uncertain and, and, and painful moments of death. To, to, to make sure that they know that they're not alone. But not only all of that, to give them this sacrament that is so enriching and go to our mini-series on the sacrament of the anointing of the sick to better understand the value and what it does for a soul that is in this position and in this state to help them to have the assurance uh, of, of, of God's presence with them, to give them reprieve from their sufferings, either physically, but certainly to uh, emotionally and spiritually be able to accept them with greater peace, to calm the anxieties of the impending death, and to help them to know the goodness of God, even in the midst of this, the resurrection and the glories of it, even though they might be within the, 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 the darkness of, of death and suffering. All of this is something that a priest gets to do, and this is just a small amount of it. This is just a little bit. To be able to go into the confessional and, and, and to hear the, 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 the deepest, darkest secrets, the things that people are so ashamed of, so hesitant to, to, to express even to God, 
and to simply be there, not to judge them, not to condemn them, not to tell other people about what they've said, but of course to protect that seal, but only to invite the mercy of God into that soul through the words of the priest, through his intention to be able to be a conduit of the mercy of God that comes in and cleanses that soul from the sins, but also works and begins the healing process of those sins that are so deepened into the hardness of the hearts of us sinners. That is a profound reality that words cannot fully express. All of this that I'm saying, this is not rehearsed. This is simply something that is coming out as we speak because these are the profound realities in which every day a priest is invited to be engaged. Why would we not want to help our children to be a priest? Why would we not want that profound reality for our for our children or for ourselves if, if you are a, a, a baptized male open to, to receiving this, this gift? There is so much in this life but because so many parents are so fixated on our lineage must endure or my child will never be lonely in a house by himself or will never have the hardships that a priest endures or will never be one that gives himself in this way because it's so much more normal and it's so much better and it's so much societally accepted to have X amount of children and these kinds of things. Or my child is going to make sure that he makes a lot of money. Or my child is going to be the president of the United States. Yada, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Look at heaven. Look just a little bit beyond this life. If you want to be in heaven, would you rather be a president who perhaps did all kinds of great things and in enjoying perfect bliss as all people do in heaven? Or would you rather have the position of a priest who gets to do things that not even the angels themselves could do? A priest does something that not even the Blessed Virgin herself could do. The Blessed Virgin could not command bread to be changed into the body of Christ. The Blessed Virgin could not forgive the sins of somebody. And a priest is only able, of course, to do so by the power of God in them. But a priest is able to do those things. This is profound. We cannot forget that. We should be mesmerized. Whether you're married, whether you're not, whether you're young, whether you're old, we should all, as Catholics, be mesmerized by the glories of the priesthood that Christ shares with us. These magnificent acts of ministry are given only to priests. As I said, not even the angels, not even the Blessed Virgin herself can perform them. The priesthood is a participation in the most intimate and powerful gift and work of God. The priesthood is also forever. As I said, it is that character, that seal, that sacramental seal that is impressed upon the soul and that is indelible, that is forever, not going away, even if the priest were to fall into hell, that seal would still be there, and it would be a cause of far greater torments in hell, because that priest was elevated to such an extent and given so much power and being ordered so uniquely to the heart of Christ, and then failed in his ministry, and therefore so much suffering comes as a result. But also in heaven, how much more glory is that seal worth in the sense of uh, meriting because Christ has impressed that into his heart through the sacrament of holy orders. Priests have the ability to crush evil. So other abilities that they have beyond giving of the sacraments is also exorcisms, deliverance ministry, 
the power that a priest has because of the authority that has been given him over all of the other souls is immense. We have the ability to provide, which is feeding of the Holy Communion and giving mercy and these kinds of things, but it is also to protect. Just like every father should be protecting his household spiritually by having the house blessed by a priest once a year, by blessing the house with holy order, holy, holy order, holy water, as well as uh, prayers every month, by using exercise salt in the proper way and even bless oil in the proper way, by blessing your own children. You can even bind over your own children and your own wife. These kinds of things, the man of the house, the who is to be the priest of the household, is the one who is able to protect in various ways because of the authority given to him. But a priest has this in an exponentially higher and greater way over the kingdom of God, over the flock of Christ. And therefore, a priest is able to disperse darkness by the blessings that he gives, by taking some item and claiming it for God's, a bell, a candle, a rosary, a crucifix, a car, all of these kinds of things, although these blessings are different depending on what kind of item it is, regardless, the priest has the ability to claim that item for Christ through a blessing and allow that item to, in some ways, be a means of grace for other people, to be a use for the sake of the sanctification of others. So in essence, when priests are going around blessing all kinds of things, they're claiming all kinds of things for God, putting him under their dominion, but they're also stealing all kinds of things from Satan. Stealing is bad, but not for priests when they steal items that are under the dominion of Satan and use and baptize them in a sense for the sake of the glory of God. This is a real joy to fight against the darkness of evil. It's dangerous. It's difficult at times, but it is truly a real joy to be able to help somebody who is possessed to be freed. Even though I'm not an exorcist and and, and, and in a sense, all priests are exorcists in that this used to be a, a part of the journey of priesthood and therefore Although that's not specifically a right in the church anymore to become an exorcist, it is still incorporated in becoming a priest. But that is a reserved power of the priesthood given only when we are uh, given that, that power from our bishop to do so. But there are minor exorcisms that are able to be done by priests. And so minor exorcisms like prayers of, of various kinds and, and commands and adjurations and bindings of various forms for the sake of helping and freeing and liberating those who maybe aren't possessed but are obsessed or those who are oppressed uh, by demonic influence of various levels and degrees. So we wage war every day. That's exciting. Secondly, or thirdly, or whatever number we're on, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, because of Mary's unique and profound love for her son, priests have an intimate relationship, a special relationship with her. She is the queen and mother of all priests in a particular way. Because of the love that she has for her son, and because through the sacrament of holy orders, a priest's heart is ordered towards the soul of Christ in a, in a specific way, as well that as a priest, you are engaging in union with Christ, who is the eternal high priest, in a special and particular way as well, then Mary sees and has a relationship with all priests in a very special and unique way as well. And so that also, just on its own, is an immense gift that I am, for which I am truly grateful. St. Chrysostom says, oh, excuse me, uh, the priesthood is the opportunity to live both on earth and in heaven. St. Chrysostom says, 
about this on his treatise and his famous treatise on uh, the priesthood, as it is called, on the priesthood. Quote, the office of the priesthood is exercised on earth, but it ranks amongst things that are heavenly and with good reason. For it was neither a man nor an angel nor an archangel nor any other created power, but the paraclete himself that established this ministry. If you consider what it is for a man clothed in flesh and blood to be able to approach that pure and blessed nature of the angels, you will easily understand to what a dignity the grace of the Holy Ghost has raised priests. End quote. There's another uh, quotation I would like to, to read. Uh, particularly, this has hit me as a priest. And in fact, this hit me before I was a priest, but while I was in the seminary studying to be a priest, that I've always uh, really appreciated this quote. I think it's um, well thought out. Pierces a lot of the mystery of, of the priesthood. The guy's name is Lacordeo or something of the sort. He says, quote, to live in the midst of the world without wishing its pleasures, to be a member of each family yet belonging to none, to share all suffering, to penetrate all secrets, to heal all wounds, to go from men to God and offer him their prayers, to return from God to men, to bring pardon and hope, to have a heart of fire for charity and a heart of bronze for chastity, to teach and to pardon, console and bless always. My God, what a life, and it is yours, O priest of Jesus Christ. End quote. Please, do not only give consideration to the priesthood, but help others be priests. Pray for vocations. Pray for vocations to the priesthood that will be vocations of holy men that are truly dedicated to fulfilling whatever God's will is in their life. Help others by teaching about the glories of the priesthood. Help others by uh, in, in inviting others to know, to get to know, to communicate with priests. Having your children, once they get of a certain age, to have spiritual direction with a priest will help them to speak one-on-one -on -one with a priest and get to know them better. Will help them to understand also the abilities and the use of a priest in their own spiritual lives. It will help them as well to be guided spiritually to the extent of being able to fulfill God's will and to listen more fully and attentively to his call to whatever state in life they might be called. Help uh, people to Know the glories of the priesthood, and this will help people to join the priesthood. We need more priests, specifically in the West. The Catholic Church is diminishing greatly. We need more priests so that we are able to once again push more firmly and more fully against the ranks and the limitations and the, the actions of darkness and bring light throughout all of the world. We need more priests in our churches. So many priests live by themselves, not able to have community, which is clearly a benefit for the sake of sanctity. And, and, and they're left without that benefit because there are so few priests, because parents are not teaching the glories of this priesthood, are not praying for their, ch their children to know and to follow and to fulfill their vocation in life, the will of God, and that they're not praying with their, their children and teaching them all of the different components of the priesthood. It's not just saying mass once a week. There's so much more to it. There's so many more beauties, even though that in and of itself is phenomenally uh, beautiful and powerful and glorious. I will just leave, um, leave y'all with one old tradition that is still, at least in some, some places, still maintained. As a parent, there is much benefit in teaching your children 
about their vocations, and there is much benefit for the parents of those who are priests. In fact, one old tradition is what's called the maniturgium. Maniturgium basically, I think from the Latin, just means uh, a hand rag in essence. That at the moment that the bishop coats the hand in in, in oil, in sacred chrism, consecrating the hands of the priest during this, this ordination rite, he then wraps a, ran, a, a rag around the hands of the priest as the priest's hands are, are, are so. In doing so, that rag that is wrapped around these holy and sacred hands of the priest, made sacred by the ordination of the bishop, the laying on of hands, the words that he spoke, as well as the consecration through the oil, then that rag is saved and that is given, that linen, I should say, is a little bit a more respectful term perhaps, but that linen is then given to, by the priest, to his mother. At which point she is to save that and it is supposed to be put into her coffin with her as she dies because the idea is that she brings this maniturgium with her to present it to God that she has given her own son for the sake of the glory of God. Secondly, a priest who, after receiving, or excuse me, after hearing his first confession, uh, not his first confession, but hearing the and, and absolving the penitent of one who is the first to enter into the confessional with that priest for the first time, that priest traditionally then would save the stole and present that to his father because his father is the one who traditionally would be the one who taught them justice. And that stole is something that represents the authority of the priest, but it also represents justice uh, of God. And so because in the sacrament of confession, as we learned in the miniseries on confession, that the priest is both doctor, but also judge. Justice is clearly a significant part of confession. The priest offers that stole to the, to the father. That father also is to keep that stole. And it should be, I believe, also placed in the coffin with the father. Um, Again, something to present to God, even though, of course, we don't bring that with us. Um, but it is a beautiful symbol, and it is a beautiful um, part that demonstrates the role of the parents in the vocational process. If you want your children to choose what God wants for them, and I pray that you do, because that is far better than whatever you want for them. If you want your children to listen and to follow and to fulfill what God wants for them, then you, in praying with them and helping them and teaching them and, and, and helping them to, to experience and communicate and have conversations with priests and nuns and visiting various religious orders when they're young, all of these kinds of things will help them immensely. But you also will benefit immensely by helping them as good parents to follow whatever it is that God wants for them. Please pray for priests. We need your prayers so much. We are so lost and broken without your prayers, but with them we can guide well and firmly. We will lead the flock towards Christ only with your help and your prayers and the blessings that come from them. In doing so, we will provide many, many more blessings and graces and protection for y'all, the flock of Christ. So please pray for us, but also keep praying for more vocations to the holy priesthood, holy vocations to the priesthood. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Glorious and loving God, we appreciate all that you have given us, again, especially for the gift of the priesthood. I ask a blessing on all of us lowly, imperfect, broken priests. Heal us and strengthen us and make 
the most important in our life to give you glory. The second most important to follow and obey all things, what you desire for us, specifically as it relates to the growth and the advancement of the kingdom of heaven and the sanctity of the souls given to us. Bless all priests and bless all of those in our care. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. May God richly bless you.